Hello ladies, just a quick little opinion piece to kick off the week. Let's talk about modesty for a moment. Ha! Now that will trigger some people. Modesty and breastfeeding. This is something I've pondered doing a piece about for years. It's all sparked by a Christian friend several years ago who felt it was 100% acceptable to breastfeed in public, uncovered. There have been various occasions since then where I'm equally baffled by what Christians consider to be acceptable clothing, despite the scriptures that reference modesty, and each time I am again reminded of how I may one day address the topic. Well, now is the time. I follow Pastor Doug Wilson's podcast, blog, and may blog, and I would encourage you to do so as well. And one of his recent episodes addressed modesty. I just happened to have listened to that podcast episode, and then later that week happened to also stumble upon a photographer friend's post where she posted some pictures of a wedding she had recently worked. A wedding that she described as, quote, full of happiness, family, and Jesus, end of quote. So, as stated in her post, a wedding supposedly focused on God, but the bride wore a dress that not only had a plunging back, but a shockingly plunging front, as into her navel, with only a sheer piece of fabric in the middle of her bodice, that in one picture, from the side, left absolutely nothing to the imagination. Now, to be fair, I don't know the bride and groom, and that means I don't know the spiritual state of their hearts. All I have to go on is my friend's post that said the wedding was, quote, full of Jesus. And then my eyes, of course, as I look at the pictures. And while, yes, this is true, they should exercise self-control over their eyes and thoughts. That is only one side of a two-sided coin. Both genders have skin in this game, and the fact cannot be denied that women have perhaps too much skin to offer the eyes of men who they encounter. Pastor Doug Wilson puts it this way. The word triggered is way overused these days, but modesty really is a subject that triggers a lot of people. The fact that a simple call for modesty can be met with fits of rage, outbursts of vituperation, and explosive denunciations of rising legalism tells you a lot about how deep our cultural crater is. The Bible talks quite a bit about modesty. Now, I leave a little wiggle room for Christian liberty and deciding exactly how modesty will be defined in your home. For example, there are some who would draw a hard line in the sand and say your skirt must be no shorter than two inches above the knee. But then the next person will shout, no, no, it must come all the way to the knee. And yet a third person will demand that it must come below the knee. Now that is a very petty example, and those are not the battle lines that I'm here to draw for you or make you question. That's between you and your husband or your father if you're not married. I think that would fall under Christian liberty. And before you come to unfair conclusions about me, I am by far not prudish in my dress or style. I will wear things a little shorter than some others, and my neckline is certainly not a finger's width from my collarbone. And perhaps there are some who would or could take issue with what I wear if they draw a harder line than I and my husband do. Rather, I would like to talk about modesty generally. Now, as Christian women whose standard is the Bible, we must acknowledge that God created us as sexual beings. After all, we are commanded to be fruitful and multiply. Celibacy is an exception and not the standard. 
God designed a woman's body to be sexually appealing to her husband. He is supposed to enjoy her body and be attracted to it. I mean, have you ever read the Song of Solomon? Come on, it doesn't get much clearer than that. However, a woman's body is supposed to be enjoyed by only one man, her husband, within the confines of their marriage. And that is why modesty is so very important. Marriage is sacred in God's eyes. Check out my upcoming podcast reviewing the book No Mere Mortals by Toby Sumter. We should not sully our purity by displaying what belongs to our husband for all to see. All one has to do is step foot onto any beach in the United States, and you'll have a smorgasbord of flesh to feast your eyes and mind on. So, let's take a look at Romans 14, verse 21. It says, It is good not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that causes your brother to stumble. And that's from the ESV. Hear that again. Don't do anything that causes your brother to stumble. We all know that men are visually stimulated, and I'm not stating that as an excuse. I'm stating that because it's a fact. They are. It's how God created them. This is no excuse for them to ogle a woman. I like to say that the first look is accidental, but the second look is very much intentional. So ladies, just as a man being visually stimulated is no excuse to ogle a woman, the same stands to reason, based on this verse, that it is no excuse to wear clothing that puts on display all the beautiful parts of you that ought to be private. Both parties bear responsibility on this issue. Now let's look at 1 Timothy 2 verse 9. Likewise also that women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel, with modesty and self-control, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly attire. We are to be respectable and modest in what we wear. And before jumping to conclusions that we are also not supposed to braid our hair or wear jewelry, I would encourage you to listen to the podcast I mentioned earlier by Doug Wilson. He explains this verse better than anyone I've ever heard explain it before. Let me give you a quick little clip. At the beginning of the clip, he's addressing a passage from 1 Peter, which basically says the same thing as this passage. And then he'll move on to this passage in 1 Timothy saying that it says something similar. It's just a snippet. And then go and listen to the whole podcast for yourself. I'll put a link in the description. Now, some Christian traditions have taken this prohibition of women bespangling themselves as a requirement to be dour and straight-laced and fussy-faced and dowdy. A woman's makeup and hair ought not to serve the same function as flying buttresses, that function being to hold the cathedral up. Peter explicitly says that women should adorn themselves the same way that the holy women of old did. But the charge is that women should, in fact, be adorned. If a woman obeyed this passage, she would be a classy lady. Paul, another man, says something similar. The point is that we are to wear things that bring God honor and that are respectable. What we wear should not be worn in an effort to get attention, other than from your husband, of course, if you are married. Doug Wilson says we are to be attractive, not attracting. The distinction is this. An attractive woman is a lady, and a lady is a woman who comports herself with self-respect. You should want, quote, she is certainly attractive. You should not want, she is certainly an attraction. An attracting woman is a public hazard and is communicating that she is shameless and abandoned. She is lacking in self-respect. Which So, I may get a little flack from this, but let me share a few scenarios of my honest opinion. Number one. 
My husband should not get an eyeful of your backside as you walk into church on Sunday morning and he is standing on security detail because your skirt is mere centimeters from the bottom of your bum and a slight breeze caught the hem. Yes, that happened. Number two, my husband should not get an eyeful of your front side as you bend over to grab your toddler's hand and your tatas nearly escape your top due to the lack of fabric. Yes, that happened more than once and again at church. Now again, some clarification for those who will call me prudish. I do wear things that have perfectly acceptable necklines, but if I were to bend over without discretion, it would give everyone a show. And that's where discretion is so very important and all too lacking in our culture, and dare I say, in our churches. Number three, Christian women should not be wearing bikinis at the beach or the pool. Yes, I know that's not a popular opinion, There was a time that I would have assumed all Christians would agree with that, but as our culture dives ever more quickly into the pit of depravity, I see the standards of Christians following closely behind, and the gap of differences is closing. Number four, I should not have to gasp in horror as I open the package with my daughter's Christmas dress that I ordered for her school program and realize that the backside of her dress bodice is absolutely non-existent. She was six. For a culture that shouts at men for objectifying women's bodies, how is dressing our little girls like whores not objectifying them? Number five, as I mindlessly scroll my Facebook feed during prom season, I should not see the children of my Christian friends wearing clothing that is equally, if not more, scandalous than the clothing that their non-Christian friends are wearing. And whether or not a Christian student belongs at a prom in the first place is for another discussion. So, moving on, having established the importance of modesty and how men are supposed to look at their wife with sexual desire and how dressing modestly helps keep our brothers in the Lord from stumbling, let's talk about breastfeeding. I know this is a hot topic, but this is one area that really peeves me, and I've honestly mulled over this topic for several years. Ever since a fellow Christian woman took to social media and championed the right of women everywhere to whip out their boob in public and feed their child, and that the men passing by or sitting around needed to control their thoughts and eyes and not see that boob as a sexual thing. It bothered me because this woman was a professing Christian. As a professing Christian, the Bible ought to have been her standard. That standard says that God did create our bodies to have sexual appeal. That standard commands us to not be a stumbling block of other believers. That standard does demand modesty of dress and appearance. Yes, God also designed our bodies to be able to feed our children. And yes, that's a very beautiful thing. But there is a time and a place, and I challenge any woman who feels it's perfectly fine to pull it all out for all to see in public to consider the contradiction between your actions and your supposed standard. If there is no place to go and feed your lovely child privately, consider the use of a blanket, sheet, or one of those cool nursing covers, I had one, that are specifically designed to let you cover yourself and your baby discreetly and still be able to see and feed your child. It's applying the standard of modesty to all areas of life even in the area of feeding your child. So in conclusion, 
I realize that I've likely stepped on some toes. I realize that there are extremes on both sides, those who would have a show next to no skin at all, and there are those who feel it's their right to bear it all out in the open and no one should tell them otherwise. But dear sweet friend, if you are a professing Christian woman and you are offended by what I've said, I ask that you consider the standard that all Christians must hold to, the Bible. Are we dressing in a way that will bring glory to the God that we serve? Or are we being ruled by our feelings and desires? Let me conclude by reading a couple paragraphs from John Cooper's book, Awake and Alive to Truth. It's on pages 58 and 59 in chapter 5. He addresses our feelings. And boy, aren't we ruled by feelings as a culture of late? He says, quote, Our feelings can be the biggest obstacle in our search for truth. In fact, we can become so convinced by our feelings that they become convictions. And convictions are difficult things to overcome. In fact, our convictions are so powerful that even when they are at odds with the truth, we find it nearly impossible to believe the truth. Our desire to live autonomously often results in us making judgments based on our irresistible convictions. By irresistible convictions, I'm not talking about foundational principles, nor am I talking about convictions based on the Bible, parental wisdom, or societal values. Instead, our irresistible convictions often flow from the feelings and emotions that motivate and animate us. The Christian is called to follow the Word of God as the ultimate source of truth, not occasionally, not just when we want to, not just when we agree with the Bible or when our feelings line up with the teachings of the Bible. Part of building your house upon the rock is understanding that your personal feelings do not always line up with the truth of God. And when this happens, the one who builds his life on the rock will follow God's truth over his feelings. So one last time, ponder the things that I said to you today, and if you are offended by the call to modesty, examine your feelings. Are you letting your feelings rule you, or are you letting the standard of God's holy word rule you? And that wraps it up for today. I hope you ladies have a lovely week, and until next time, walk through life armed with truth, and that means knowing your Bible and knowing your history.